Swinging strike three. He struck out. A really impressive bottom of the eighth inning for right-hander Colby White. You know, you hear kids talk about these guys that play at this stage and stuff, and, and every kid wants wants to, and, and that's kind of molded me into being able to succeed at this level. Spencer said, Colby, you just got drafted in the sixth round. And I thought he was joking. Then I started thinking about, uh, you know, how hard I've worked just to get here and just better pitch here. And then thinking about that, I started crying a little bit. Just when I get in, I know I got three outs to get. It's me versus whoever steps in the box. They're going to catch hell for, for three outs. All right, everybody, we're back today. Uh, like we promise you every time that we come to you, we're going to talk about the game of baseball, but we're going to talk about everything that goes on, not only between those lines, but outside them as well. Today's guest uh, was actually a guy that Kobe uh, met through the system, and um, we are going to bring you a little international flair today. This guy, although he spent a lot of time in the U.S., he does have uh, some ties to Mexico. So, Kobe, what do you think about today, man? Yeah, he's a he's a very good human being, high quality guy, and he takes the uh, the faith that he has every day into the game, and it it helps mold him and helps push him. And uh, so let's jump right into it. Sounds good. Hey guys, Kobe here. As my journey continues, people tell me as I battle on the mound, it's really a game that's purely mental. But I understand that the physical well-being is equally important. Mike and Christy Johnson of our title sponsor, the clinic at Farmer's Med Shop, in my hometown of Foxworth, Mississippi, echo the same sentiment. When you're looking for the answer for all your health needs, call or stop by and let Mike and his wonderful staff help you be the best you can be. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brushing Them Back with Colby White. Kobe, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm great. I'm glad to be in here talking uh, some baseball and stuff. Super excited myself, man. Look, um, we always in this show are trying to go different directions. Just we're, It's not that we don't want to get away from the actual components of the on-field game of baseball, but we want to talk about all aspects of it. I think today is a prime example of that. Um, Kobe can speak personally on how difficult it is as, as he's kind of making his plight to the major league level. But today we have a guest that's going to give you a whole different perspective because with all the kids that we have in America with all their travel ball and their youth leagues and their, their specialty camps and all that kind of nonsense, trying to make it to the big leagues, we've got a guy here today that's going to give you a different perspective because he not only has had the opportunity to live here in America, he also has lived in Mexico. And um, he's going to give you his take on how difficult it is for what would be considered an international player to make it in the big leagues. So, Kobe, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know who's going to be on the show with us today, our special guest. Um, so, for one, he's an All-American. He's a college All-American, which very few people can say that. So that is a uh, that is a huge accomplishment. Uh, he is a Tampa Bay uh, professional baseball player, uh, one of my personal friends. Uh, me and him always have fun together, and uh, it's fun to see him go about his days and how he – uh, goes to work every day. Uh, name's Luis Trevino. Uh, Luis, thank you for for joining us. Um, I'm excited to uh, 
to for the listeners to hear what you have to say. Well, thank you for opportunity for having me in your podcast, Colby. Hey, one quick question before we really get started into baseball. I, he told me your last name is Trevino. You wouldn't possibly be related to the golfer Lee Trevino, would you? No, a lot of people ask me that question. No, I'm not related to him. <laughs> when I first heard it, I thought, man, that would be so cool. He's probably gonna jump here and say, yeah, he's my uncle. He's he's my my dad's brother, my uncle, or whatever. So, and now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about something that is near and dear to both you and Kobe's heart, and that's the game of baseball. Um, like I said earlier in the intro, here in America, we got a lot of kids that, um, you know, they have a lot of resources available to them and their plight to try to make it to the utmost level of baseball, which is the MLB. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't like that for you, even though you have spent a large majority of time here in America. Um, tell us about your early years of baseball. Like, when did you first realize that baseball was going to be part of your life? Well, I started playing baseball since I was three years old. Uh, my parents took me to this lake in Reynosa, Mexico, that is called Trevino Kelly. Uh, and I started playing there since I was three years old till I was 12 years old. Then, uh, like I, I told you guys before, I got a chance to go to the Literally World Series. I did very well over there. Then we stayed in Mexico for like two more years. And once I got to high school, I kind of realized that I was maybe going to have a chance to go play college ball, and then maybe if I will keep working hard, I will have a chance to go play the pro ball. So uh, you were how, you were 12 years old. You got an opportunity to play for, for Mexico in the Little League World Series. Was that your first experience of baseball in the States? Uh, I used to go play in the States already, uh, like tournaments and stuff like that, but nothing like huge like that tournament because, as you guys probably know, that's – that's the biggest tournament you can. That's the bigger biggest tournament you can go when you're 12 years old. And yeah, I got an opportunity. We had to beat out the entire country of Mexico to have that chance to go and represent Mexico in uh, in 09, I believe. Wow, that's quite a while back. 09. That's, that's that's Kobe was just talking about how young he felt. Now he doesn't feel quite so young. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> all right. So uh, tell us a little yeah. bit. I mean, I'm assuming that a a trip to the ballpark to practice for a game or a tournament or whatever, it's probably drastically different if you were doing it in the country of Mexico in comparison to, you know, Kobe running down to the local park and practicing with his little all-star team. What's uh, well, What are some major differences between a practice for you back in the day and a practice for Kobe? Well, back in the day, I remember when I used to come and play in the States and I used to live in Mexico, like – like let's say the game was at 11 a.m. We had to cross the border around five or six because they thought it was a huge line. Uh, and then drive to the field, and then I will get my throwing in, I will get my practicing, and all that stuff, and then we'll get ready to play, play two or three games there, and then drive back to Mexico, and then do the same thing on Sunday, um, which it was totally different to when I moved to the United States. It's just so much time. Everything's so much easier. Uh, just a completely different experience. So it took you – so a couple of games uh, on a Saturday, let's say, for you would take 16 or 18 hours. Kobe could get up 30 minutes before the game started and run to the ballpark, and he'd be done in three or four hours. He'd be back eating chicken nuggets at the McDonald's. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I don't think it was even chicken nuggets, but that's true. Uh, 
yeah, we always have to get up early just because those lines, man, in the, on the board, they just take sometimes two to four hours depending on the date. If it's like uh, they were met the Mexican people don't have work that day or that or that weekend where they have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off, there's going to be huge lines. Where nowadays you won't see me going to Mexico if I know that's coming because I hate those lines. So what um, you mentioned, you played in the Little League World Series, uh, and a lot of kids watch it on TV, and uh, so many people around the world watch it. And uh, what does it mean being a kid from from Mexico? You know, why you're why you're a kid? What does it mean to play in that? Is that something y'all sit around and dreamed of doing for years, or is it a is it kind of a understood deal that hey, we're going to go play? And how far did y'all actually? actually make it in the Little League World Series, too. Talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, like, it was – we had a – we knew since two years – we started practicing in 07, so two years before. Practicing Monday to Wednesday for for a year, three days a week. Then once – it was one year left till the national tournament, we started practicing Monday to Friday, sometimes even Saturdays. And it wasn't just baseball, like – in vacations, we would do and do conditioning in the morning, like literally just straight up conditioning. We'll do pull work too, and then at night we'll go and practice baseball for two three hours. Uh, you know, and a lot of people in in other countries are a little different than us because as you as you guys can tell, the kids nowadays they don't want to be outside for more than two hours because the sun is and all that stuff. Now in Mexico, was, we'll do conditioning for an hour or two in the morning, and then we'll we'll, we'll go and practice baseball for two to three hours and then uh so we 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 were putting the work and we knew we were gonna have a chance and once the national term, tournament came we went seven and oh we absolutely beat everyone uh then when we, when we had a chance to go to the world series uh we won the first four games we play against europe we play against china we play against, against japan and we play against against canada and we almost threw a perfect game against canada too uh so on game five we had to play China again, and uh, that was to go to the final. And uh, we lost against China. I think it was four to six, and we got eliminated. We still don't know how did it happen. Uh, we only lost one game, and we were eliminated. And China lost two games, I believe, but they made it to the all the way to the final. So we're still confused to this day, but that's how it happened. But we, we ended up in third place. We ended up playing San Antonio in the set, in uh, in another game just to see who was the third place, and we. And we ended up beating San Antonio, so we ended up in third place in the world. So that's pretty big right there. Let me ask you a question about that. I I know here in America, the way they bracket everything up, there are regional you know teams that represent the the different areas of the country. And I know there are big regional draws, and then you really don't see what I would consider national support until it makes it to the finals. Uh, you know, like the U.S. final and then the overall. Little League World Series final in Mexico is oh, that I, is that different? I, I mean, in Mexico, I, the entire country is rooting for you guys. It's that's a lot of pressure, huh, for a twelve year old? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, I mean, to this day, I don't agree how it's done here in the states with the teams because the United States are able to put like fifteen teams in there, and they just have a bracket of just American teams. Where you go to Mexico and you play in the entire country to be able to make it, and it's not the same thing when you're when you know that the, and a team from America is going to make it to the finals no matter what because they have their own bracket, then jump in there with all the people from Dominican Republic, from Japan, from China, from Mexico, from Cuba, 
from Venezuela. Like, those are crazy teams. Uh, so I, that's something that I wish the tournament would change. Like, I think it would be just fair for maybe just one team in America to represent, like, have their own national tournament and then go to the World Series because I feel like that's, that is why it's called World Series. It's not called Nationals. Right. You know what I'm saying? I see what so, you're saying. So like it doesn't it it doesn't really it doesn't really it doesn't really it's not really a world series for the United States till the final. Because that's when the, the American team has to be the, the entire other American other American teams. So it's kinda like it's a half world series and a half national tournament if you get like if you actually sit down and pay attention to the details. Right. Uh so it will be I think the people I think I bet because it's a kid I mean, you want to play against different countries. You don't want to play against the same states that you've been playing your entire life. You know what I'm saying? So I bet that people from the states will enjoy just, hey, let's have a national tournament. And the ones who win are going to go play in the World Series. All right. So um, let's shift gears just a second. You, you um, Now, were you born in Mexico and then... And then moved to the U.S. or you or did you cross? Did you, your parents cross the border? You were born in America. I know you were talking about going back and forth across the border. Like how how did that work out? No, so I was born in the states, and my whole family was born in the states. So we never had an issue. We can go and come back, and all the all that stuff. Even right now that with, with with all the COVID stuff, I know the people from other countries weren't allowed to come to to the States, but we were still able to go out and come back, out and come back like nothing, just because we were all born in the States. So what uh, what two cities uh, far, you know, obviously whatever one you consider home in Mexico, where did you go to? What was the city there? And then what was the, what is the city that you consider your hometown, where you grew up uh, in, in Texas? So the city in Mexico is called Reynosa, Tamaulipas. It's like right next to the border. And then the city where I live now is McAllen, Texas, which is right next to the border too. Honestly, if I if I drive from my house in, in Texas to my house in Mexico and there's no line on the border, I'll probably I'll probably make it within forty five minutes, forty minutes. So how big is McAllen? Is it a pretty big place? Uh, actually, a former coach of mine, I, I saw it, that was his hometown, Jake Gotro. Uh, but how, how big is McAllen? Is it pretty big? Well, it's, it's not it's not very big, but the thing is, like, there's so many cities, like, so close to each other that you can't tell when you get out of one and you get into the other one, so it just feels huge, but it's really not. Like, the, the town of Cullen is not very big, but since it's so tied to every other city around it, you can, it, it just seems very, 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 very big, but it's really not. I don't know how big it is, but like I said, since a lot of cities are around it, you can't even tell when you get out of Macau and you go into Mission, for example. Okay. Yeah. Uh... You mentioned something a few minutes ago stuck in my mind. You're talking about how much practice you guys actually put in in preparation just for the Little League World Series. Uh, and there's a lot of folks here in America will see a documentary or they'll read an article where it talks about international players. That's all they do all day long is they're they're in the street playing street ball or they're you know they're at a ball field, you know, hitting and catching and throwing. Um, you know, the dream. Uh, to eat, to make it to the majors or, or to make it from their country to America, what, whatever you want to say. But what's uh, – like, do you have friends in Mexico? That's that's their dream just like yours. They You know, the two of y'all want to be playing pro ball together. Uh, and is your workout regime here in America, is it 
more intensive or less intensive than some of your friends in Mexico? No, it's, just, it's different for us here in America just because so once you're 12, 12 or 14 years old in Mexico, you have to decide what you're going to do. You have to pick if you're going to go to school or if you're going to sign with a professional team in Mexico because it's, for you to be able to sign with an American team, you have to sign with a Mexican team first. So the Mexican team has to own your rights, and then the Mexican team has to be willing to sell you to an American team, which is the issue nowadays. Like there's not many Mexican people in the state playing the big leagues because uh, once they, once it comes for the Mexican team to sell the Mexican player to an American to an American team, they just want to like let's say the the players wore 500k, they want to sell you for 900k. I mean, if you only work 500K, you, the, the team from America is not going to pay 900K. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. that's the, that's, I think that's the, that's the deal. And also coming back to your question about practices and all that stuff. Well, they, if they decide to go and sign with the Mexican team, well, they don't do a school anymore. And uh, they just go to the academy. That's called Excal. And you sleep there. You eat there. You, you, you wake up there. Like, you just practice all day long. Compared to us, where we go to high school and then we gotta go to college ball and we're doing school. I mean, it's, it has it has its ups ups and downs because I mean, if you think about it, when you go to college, it's not easy. That's why not everyone does it. So you can't have your full mind invested in baseball because you gotta pass some classes and get your degree too. But I believe that's something that Mexico should try to do more: get the get the kids to go to school. Because I mean, nowadays, if I don't make it in baseball, I still got a degree. So. And with other people who, let's say, in other countries, not just Mexico, it could be Venezuela, Dominican Republic. If they don't make, if they don't make it in baseball, it's gonna be tough for them to to make it in life. If you know, if you know what I'm saying, because they right. nowadays, if you don't have a degree, it gets pretty hard. Exactly. So, uh, talk about high school and when you when you realize that hey, I can play college baseball. When did that kind of hit? How did that kind of take place, recruiting and all that? And then talk about your, your college experience and, and uh, your school and all. Man, to be honest, at first I was just worried about making it to college because when I moved from Mexico to the States, I couldn't speak English at all. I couldn't even say, can I go to a restaurant back then, my freshman year. So I was more worried at first on learning the language and being able to pass my classes in, uh, in high school. Uh, for a year or two before thinking about going to college because I guess learning a language is not it's not very easy it's very hard and um, I had three years to do it too because when I moved to the states the, the high school told me that I was only going to be able to play sports for three years so I had to finish high school, high school in three years so I was just grinding on learning the language and then when my second year here I mean I was able to understand everything so that's when I was like you know what like that's for sure. I want to go to college and I want to play ball in college. And I was doing really good back then in high school. So I kind of knew I was going to have a chance. But the only thing that I thought that could hold me back was learning the language. But once I, I felt comfortable and I was able to learn enough to pass my classes, I was like, okay, we got a chance. Let's, let's keep working hard. Let's, let's keep doing it. And I ended up having a chance to go play junior college in Navarro College, which is in Dallas, close to, close to Dallas, Texas. Okay. So, um, exactly how did, first of all, let's, and I asked Kobe about this earlier. We, we talked about it off and on because he and I are from the same uh, little small town. He, he was telling me about his experience the day that he found out that he had been drafted. 
I mean, how what was your draft day experience like? Like, were you just chilling at home and and it happened, or like how like what was that interaction like with the with the big league club? Well, I actually didn't talk to the Tampa Bay Rays at all. I was talking to like eight different teams, but I wasn't talking to the Rays at all. Mm-hmm. I went to like a an after the season workout for the Rays that they invite me, but I didn't talk to the Rays during draft day or anything. I was. I was actually talking to other teams more, and um, it was pretty crazy because uh, I, what the teams were telling me, I was supposed to go early, and then uh, it didn't happen. So I was kind of freaking out and just asking myself if it was actually going to happen because <laughs> I, I got told something, and it didn't happen. So after a while, I got a call from the race out of nowhere, and I kind of I realized that they probably dropped me. Just because they haven't called me at all, and why are they calling me right now on draft day? So I pick up the phone and I talk a little bit to the scout, and he was like, "Hey, well, welcome to the Tampa Bay Rays. You have been drafted by us, and all that stuff." So it was pretty crazy. It's, it's a dream come through. Um, it's everything that you've been dreaming on since. I mean, it's everything I was I always dreamed since I was five years old, six years old, and that's when you realize that like, the hard work that you put in the years before it was worth it. Exactly. Like, you know, you you just said something that I feel like every every guy that plays professional baseball or has the dream of being a big leaguer, it's it's almost like a life devout thing. Like you have to work your entire life toward it. And I know there are stories of guys that, you know, they, they started playing baseball, freaking nature athletes started playing baseball in the seventh grade or whatever. Um, you know, senior in high school or picked it up in junior college or something. And like people talk about Tim Anderson and stuff, but I don't, you know, hopefully our listeners really understand the, like when you talk about Little League World Series and everything back into that, all of that went into to that day you got drafted and just getting the shot uh, to, to pursue, a, a you know, a big league dream. So I thought that was, a, I thought that was pretty cool that you said that. For sure. And it's not just the kids or you that you wanted to make it and work hard. It's also parents. Like, they got to be able to take you to practice. They got to be able to be all in with you. And that's something that my parents were always supporting me. And when you have your parents supporting you like that, you know, I mean, it it really helps you work harder. Because I always need to have my parents behind my back pushing me. So it's just the parents also got to understand that, hey, this kid needs to practice. Because believe me, when I was 12 years old, I was terrible at it. But my pra- I mean, 11 years old, I remember, I was still terrible at it. And uh, my parents kept taking me to practice. I kept working hard, and everything changed. Literally, I closed my eyes, and I opened my lips one day, and I felt like it happened, and I was much better. So just the parents also got to understand that the kid is not going to get better on his own. He needs to go and, and have some coaches that are really going to teach him the game and how to get better and stuff like that uh, and at those early ages. Exactly. Have to have somebody to help lead you and take you somewhere that you've never been before, you know. And if somebody's been yeah. through it, then, you know, it's going to help. I do have a couple sure. of side questions for you real quick. First of all, one something I wanted to ask a little earlier, and it slipped past me. Um, your your old teammates, all the way back, like Little League age, you stay in contact with uh, any of those guys? With a couple, yes, I do. I got a one of those teams is actually playing for the uh, Kansas City Royals. He's in Triple A, and uh, I got another team that I talked to a little bit. He's playing in Mexico in Pro Bowl, but everybody else didn't didn't make it. That's 
that's how crazy it is. I was I was on Instagram the other day scrolling down and I saw a little picture where where it was saying only seven percent of high school players make it to college ball. So imagine how what's the percentage to make it to Pro Bowl. So that is pretty, it's pretty crazy right there, I thought. Uh, well, yeah, out of those uh, 14 kids or 15 kids that went to the Literally World Series, I probably think all time with like five and probably only three of us made it to the next level. That's great. Yeah, me and Kobe are always talking about crazy, obscure stats like that. It, it's and yeah, and I'm glad to hear you. I heard you say that you have a degree to fall back on. So I'm assuming that you're a big uh, get your education. You know, you you were able to use baseball to help you achieve your education. And I know not only you, but your parents probably are super proud of that for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that's something really important for kids. Like, make sure, like, try to, if, it, if you're not signing for millions, try to go to college. Uh, I think it's, it's going to prepare you for life, for real life, because it's not, a lot of things, a lot of kids just think about high school ball, but like, hey, once you get out of college and you're older and you got to mature a little more, everything changes. And I think college is really prepares you for it. And um, for my parents and me, it was really important to get my degree, because like I said, I mean, you never know, you can be really, really good and something happens, your hair and you get cut, now what are you doing? If you got a family, you got to provide for the family. If you don't have a family, then you better figure it out because you got to start making money somehow. And um, me having been able to get a degree, I think it's going to really help me out later on. Oh, no doubt. Uh, speaking on that, talk a little bit about uh, so far your experiences in the minor leagues with, uh, like, obviously you got a degree if something, which obviously it's not, but something were to happen and Luis didn't make it to the big leagues, which I know as a minor leaguer, you never think about that because that, you know, you, you throw out all, do- all doubt and uh, and all that. But uh, what what is what have you picked up from playing in the minor leagues that you feel like you will take? Because there are obviously a lot of lessons when you're gone, uh, something you'll take with you forever. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you? I mean, probably just hard work on everything you do, no matter if it's just, like, of course, we're, we're used to grinding all the time. But I think once it comes to real life, it's going to be about grinding too, about making making sure that you're providing for your family and your kids. I think working hard on everything I do from now on, or I think that's what I want to take with me, just, I was working hard on everything I do, and I was trying to figure out what to do the next day. You know what I'm saying? I was exactly. Ahead. Yeah, I mean, because like you said, take it. You know, one day we'll be a husband or a dad or whatever, and uh, you know, you you don't miss a day with that. You, you know, you got to do your best every day because you never know what'll happen. And uh, and a lot of people don't don't understand that with sports is uh, they think, oh well, I ain't gonna play baseball today, or I ain't gonna. You know, I ain't gonna practice today or whatever, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like life. It's every day. You gotta, you gotta find your way every day, and and it's crazy you said that because you know you you see the same things on the other end uh, over the course of a you know six month, seven month season, eight month season, however long it is, including spring training. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh that's that's pretty cool that you that you brought that up. And uh. Like you're saying, it's always about putting uh, your hard work. Like right now, I came to visit my girlfriend in Georgia. Well, I still got to get my work in somehow. Uh, they get a bar and a place, and I figured out how to do a workout. Because I can, I can afford to miss a full week of just not doing anything. So 
they got a bar. They have some 45 plates, uh, 45, pl 45 pound plates. And hey, yesterday I got I figured out how to do my workout. Today I'm gonna figure out how to do it again. And it's just about having the driving the inside to tell you that hey, not just because you're in vacation, you gotta just chill. Yeah, it's okay to chill sometimes, but for us right now, it's not really the time to chill. So if you have the driving the inside to push you and tell you you gotta get some work in, you figure out how to get it in. Exactly. The struggle is real is what he's trying to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I know you grew up in the States playing ball, but you do have a connection to Mexico. So I'm going to ask a question. Um, who, like, what big leaguer did you, like, follow, like, your favorite player, your 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 sports icon or idol, whatever you want to call it? Like, who was that? Was it? Was it somebody that you saw play in Mexico that you followed, or was it some you know somebody in the big leagues here in the states? Who 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 was that one guy that you you kind of that was your guy that you followed him his whole career, or you might currently be following somebody that's currently playing? Who would that be? Well, when I was in San Salvador, I always followed these two guys who play in the same uh, league that I play in Mexico. Uh, they also went to the same high school as I did. Uh, one of them is Jaime Garcia, who played for the Cardinals for over like 10 years. He's a World Series champion. He's a lefty pitcher. I still talk to him nowadays. He's a, he's a great person, big believer. Uh, he's just a great human being. And, uh, I also, and another guy was Jorge Cantu, a guy who played for the – he actually played for the Tampa Bay Rays for a little bit. Uh, he, he was a big leaguer for about five or six years. Then he went and played in Japan, and now he's back in Mexico. I also know him pretty well, and uh, those two guys – it was just knowing that they came out of the same league in Mexico that I did and knowing that they went to the same high school because they had the same story that I did. They moved from Mexico to the States and uh, went to the same high school that I did and then they got a chance uh, that I was motivate me, just knowing that, hey, it is, it is possible. Because when you're a kid and you're in high school, you're in college, it looks really far. Because, um, I mean, if you think about it, it's really, really hard. So, But knowing that someone before you did it that went to the same uh, league, that went to the same high school, it just helps you believe that it is possible. And if you believe it, hey, you can do it. Exactly. You said uh, Jaime uh, Garcia. You said he was a big believer. Uh, you're talking faith. Is that where you kind of – Yeah, yes, he's a big believer. He, still to this day, he goes and does, and does. He goes and speaks the world of the Lord. And, uh, and as I told you this before, Colby, I'm a big believer too. And uh, that's something – when you talk to that guy and you, you realize he's driving the incident, inside, not just for the game, but – for Jesus Christ, which, which at the end of the day, that's a big thing. It's a big deal. And um, he told me that he always tried to push the world of the Lord into his game, and that helped him out succeed as much as he did. Because playing 10, 12 years in the big leagues, man, it's, it is crazy. It is really hard, and that guy was able to do it. You know, and, and the thing you, you really realize is, like, you know, everyone knows that name in the baseball world. But when you have one that is pushing – for for something like that and spreading spreading his word and his uh his goodness you know that you start really thinking about it uh what does that what how did that translate into you what what do you what do you do is there anything that you try to take away from that and add to your career when it's all over because you know hopefully you play 25 30 years in the big leagues but someday it's got to end for everyone uh, so so what what do, what have you kind of taken with that too what do you kind of do? You, do you take anything with it and kind of alter your game, or is it just kind of just changed your life? I mean, oh, for sure. I think 
putting God in my life, it just, it does change my game. It's about praying. It's about stuff like that. And uh, once I'm done, I mean, it's God's plan. I really believe in his plan. So whatever he has for me in the store, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to be more than happy. If, if, it's big, if it's a big league, oh, great. If it's not, I know he's going to, I was gonna. I know he's gonna have something good for me. So, uh, like I said before to you, Kobe, I'm a big believer, and I really believe in God's plan. So whatever it is, I'm all in for it. I hear that. That's awesome. Well, you know, I was gonna ask him before we let him get out of here about giving some really solid life advice to our listeners, but I don't. I can't think of a better way to finish the the uh, episode than with what he just said because that is solid advice. Uh, not only from an everyday listener or an everyday, um, you know, just a normal person, but for those that are, uh, they, uh, you're a guy that understands that you have God-given ability, but you also understand the most important part of that, the God. God gave you that ability, and you're thankful for it. And uh, really humble guy, uh, first time that you and I have ever spoken. I want to personally thank you for coming on the show because uh, – this has been a very insightful conversation that I've had, and uh, I'm going to take a lot of what you just said um, forward uh, in my everyday life. So I do appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we appreciate oh, you. you. Thank you so much for the invitation, for sure. I really enjoyed my time talking to you guys. I tell you, I hope it's not long. I see you and this old guy sitting beside me here up there, maybe at the major league level, him throwing a little gas and you <laughs> catching it when it's coming. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like I said, I can't thank you enough, Kobe. You got a you got a parting shot today? Yeah, uh, yeah. We we're, we we uh, th- th- this will this will be good for a lot of hopefully a lot of kids around all over the country to somehow find this uh this podcast and and uh and really hear what you have to say because whether you know it or not, I I learned from you and there will be others that take stuff away from what you say too. So thank you for that, Luis, and uh, we're glad you're on the show. Uh, again, Colby, thank you, thank you guys for having me. I, like I said, I really enjoyed the time talking to you guys. I was talking; it's always good talking to guys that love the game as much uh, as much as I do. And I know, I know you as much as you love Jesus as much as I do. All right, man. I got another guy now I can fall into minors as I watch you guys ascend to the pros together. Thank you again, Luis, and you have a blessed day, brother. Have a blessed day too. You too, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that's another episode of Brushing Them Back with Kobe White. We'll catch you on the next one. Now a word from our sponsors. Honesty, integrity, and hard work. These are characteristics that drive me on my journey. The same can be said for Hunter Forbes and his crew. So call or contact Forbes and Son Wood Products, LLC, in Sandy Hook, Mississippi, for all your timber harvesting needs. Hey, guys, Kobe here. Check out my new project, Brushing Them Back with Kobe White. Currently on Anchor.fm and Spotify. Coming soon to anywhere you catch podcasts. This podcast is an open discussion about not just the game of baseball, but the avenues taken by so many to achieve the highest level of success in the sport. Each episode will feature a guest commentator that will provide his or her perspective and or life experiences concerning the topic of the day. We're trying to provide a new fresh look at a classic game.